So, Albert. Yeah. You, you want to talk about Endgame? Might as well. <laughs> Albert joining us today. As you can see, sitting across the table from you and I, here in the Kingdom Casts studios, <laughs> is Allison Marceau, <laughs> professional Marvel Studios speculator fangirl and podcaster on the 1-6 Avengers Assemble podcast. Oh, Scavengers. It's important to say Scavengers. 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 I, I apologize. On the one <laughs> six Scavengers. Oh, I get it. Like scale, yeah, right? Exactly. Ah, okay. Exactly. What we do is that we uh, we work together to try and figure out how to afford our addiction <laughs> on a budget. Uh, it, so we are scavengers, but we are scavengers. 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 Isn't that, isn't that clever, Albert? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's clever. I'm I'm part of the the podcast. What what we do is that I mean I'm not part of uh, the podcast podcast, but what we do is every other week we get a whole bunch of us together. We discuss a lot of the new releases of the hot toys and the other one sixth figures. Then we talk nerd <laughs> because and, uh, because talking about the one sixth hot toy figures are is not nerdy enough. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> And what does your husband think of this hobby? Well, I mean, he just started payments on his first one, so I can't really say. <laughs> one way or the other? I mean, they came out with a Captain Marvel, so he had to. <laughs> he had to? He had to. Well, it's Captain just... Marvel. He had to. Do either of you own War Machine yet? No. No, War Machine is a little outside the budget. Ah. Uh. Well, when you, when you do end up getting him, keep him away from the Captain Marvel figure. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> all right. So, all three of us have seen this movie God knows how many times between us. Albert, how many times oh, have you seen this movie? Two. <laughs> <laughs> Alec, how many times have you seen this movie? Um, this week. Okay, there we go. I think I've seen it grand total of six times now. Oh, yeah, I've got you beat. <laughs> yeah, easily. Uh, I don't doubt it. I, I watched it like once with Infinity Wars in front of it and then immediately went over to it. And that was like all night in preparation for this podcast. And yep. I, I seriously doubt that I'll use anything I learned from that. <laughs> I think I think I've watched it about we saw it twice in the theater or maybe three times in the theater. Mm-hmm. Three times, I've been corrected. Three times in the theater, and then probably since since we got it here, I've lost count because I think we watched it twice in one day at one point. <laughs> so I guess the question we'll start off with then is, Albert, what's your problem that you don't love this movie There's as a lot. much as we do? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take more than one podcast to cover all the problems with this movie. <laughs> I, Albert, I've, I've sat through it a number of times and I don't use the word flawless often, but <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it here either. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Just, just get us started off just right off the bat. What? I'm really curious. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, and I don't, I don't care about deleted scenes or extended scenes cause when I paid money to watch this movie in the theater, these weren't in the movie, so they don't count. It's like Star Wars novels. They ain't in that movie, and I don't care. 
Star Wars novels are canon since Disney. Bought they them. are canon. Not, not to me, they're not. <laughs> Just to like me the cartoons are time. too. So we have in phase whatever number this is, going back to Iron Man one. There's like seven hundred of these movies, right? <laughs> I thought it was like twenty two, but no, okay. it's like no, it's way more than that. They put them out like once a week now. <laughs> Been that way for five years. <laughs> Uh, so that's 52 times 5 right there that's that's like 210 right? you know 260 there you gotta times times 2 that onto that so it's like 260 something like that there's at least that many plus like the other 12 a year they used to do so you make this big arc with Hulk in the first movie about how he can't turn in the Hulk and he got beat up then the second movie is like hey I'm smart Hulk let's do jokes and eat tacos and let's not have any character arc or development at all with Bruce Banner or Hulk at all. Well, you just throw all that out the window for a, a joke at a restaurant. You can't just accept that in the five years that passed since the opening of this movie and the time they go find, uh, we'll call him Smart Hulk, to help them with the time travel situation. You can't accept that he's come to terms and somehow come to control both sides of his persona. And that I you can't. Here's my view on these movies. All these movies are way too long, and I don't like having my... In reality, this is how I feel about this stuff, as far as this goes. I don't like having my time wasted when I go to a movie theater. If you put out this arc with Banner and Hulk, and then you just skip over it completely between movies, then for all intents and purposes, you've wasted my time with any of it involving the second movie because you've given me no payoff of the character arc. But there, but but there, there was there was okay. So there was so, no journey there at all. They, because the journey started with journey. Ragnarok, though. The journey started with Ragnarok. The middle was Infinity War, and the journey ended with the words, "It was like I was made with made for something," which thing. was something he thought he said back in Avengers in the first Avengers. They movie. don't they don't show us that they they do yes, not they show do. they yes, do they not do. show Banner. Banner coming to terms with his Hulk side in these movies at all. Well, no, but he says he also says Thor Ragnarok. Well, Thor Ragnarok is da- a bad you movie. Dare. <laughs> shouldn't even, shouldn't even don't you dare! Don't you start anymore. with me. That's a bad movie. No, it's not. That's it's half one a of good the best movie. Ones. That's half a good movie, half a great movie, even, and half a really awful movie. And when they and when they shuffled it the, all together like a deck of cards, you got a bad no, movie. No, no, that that was Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> Thor: The Dark World is an awful movie. That that was three movies put together because it was three different directors. Thor: Ragnarok was a bad movie. No, it was just to clarify something here, what Ali is saying is that in the first Avengers, there's a conversation between Bruce Banner and Tony Stark yes. about the gamma radiation and why me and blah 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 and tony stark basically says something along the lines of manifest destiny to him and that was the payoff for that albert's mad because we go from infinity wars where he can't turn into hulk and then we just jump five years later without seeing him go to therapy sessions with I know. I Doc mean, do Samson. You really want to sit? Do you really want to sit through Doc freaking Samson talking to Why him? Why not? We've I mean, sit through like twenty movies of this. I sit mess. through my own therapy sessions. Okay, I don't need to sit through Bruce Banner's. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's my problem with Thor, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> All right. Well, well that's just, it don't even have to be therapy sessions. It has to be some type of resolution to the banner coming to terms with Hulk, well, see, and he doesn't do that. In a way, though, he, do, he does when he's in the Hulkbuster, because he's like, Hulk buddy, we got to talk about this. But then at the same time, he's like, I, it's like I don't even need the Hulk. But obviously but then, he does if well, he's yeah. got to be smart Hulk. Well, he accepted that then. Mm, obviously he did because that. he is smart Hulk. It's not well, in the, the movie. The payoff to the Gamma <laughs> thing is when they're putting together their own Infinity Gauntlet and yeah. Hulk says, it's got to be me. It's mostly Gamma radiation. Yeah. You know, it almost killed And then he up. says, it's like I was made for this. Yeah. It, it harkens back to the first Avengers movie. It comes full circle. But in so much as what Albert's talking about, I will say this before the movie came out and they did a wonderful job about keeping the vast majority of this movie completely under wraps. I was speculating that the whole reason the ancient one was going to be in the movie was when they went to the past or ended up in the past. I really thought she was going to be the one to reconcile Banner and the Hulk, mm. you know, Banner's mind inside of the Hulk. Yeah. I mean, that, that would have made sense. Oh, man, though, that conversation, that's going to have some repercussions. What do you think about that? If they had done that, Albert, would you have been better with it? Did what? <laughs> I, th I think Albert zoned out for a second. <laughs> I, I said... I heard I, ancient one, and then my mind went blank for a second. <laughs> I'm not joking either. I, 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 don't, I don't remember anything after ancient one. <laughs> Well, you see, that's how I feel when we're in the middle of a normal podcast and you say crap like, and that's why Sammy Davis Jr. is a Satan worshiper. <laughs> I just lose all track of everything. I said that before this movie came out, when I heard that Tilda uh, Swinton, is that mm -hmm. correct, was yeah. going to be in it as the ancient one, I thought that she was going to somehow be the one that resolved Banner's mind into Hulk's body. Would you have been better if that had been the case? I would have been better if anything would have been the case. <laughs> you just really didn't like that jump over it five years later. And well, it ain't, even, it, it ain't. I've got issues with the time skip, but nothing overly major with the time skip. Because really outside of the, the Hulk-Banner thing, you really don't miss anything out of the time skip. Yeah. Now you don't see Tony's, you know, they, the Tony kid thing is sort of sprung on you, which is fine. It's something unexpected, but we know how that got there. We, we already had the relationship between him and Pepper. So we know where the kid came. I mean, in reality, I would have been fine if there was like another three hour movie in between these two Avengers movie that yeah. just explained the world that they live in. And it was just exposition for three hours. I'd have been fine. But that's just me wanting them to be like, hey, y'all got to explain how any of this works. You, you wanted that, to see the aftermath. I wanted to see where the weight of them failing. Mm. And we didn't get, we, we got, we, yeah, Hawkeye's whole family went missing. But Cap we don't understand the weight, the weight of it all, what happens when, when good versus evil. If you even, yeah. if, if you want to say Thanos is evil or not, I don't care. But if, because he's not, he's not a nihilist in this movie. He's not, he's not Starlin's nihilism. You don't get to the outcome of like what happens when evil wins and they're just stuck there with it and can't do anything about it. Like you don't get that too much. Like I would like more of that, but I don't really care one way or another. I understand like you cannot, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Allie, how did you feel about how they handled it? I, I mean, we took, 
from my point of view, like you said, Albert, Hawkeye, we saw the ramifications of Hawkeye running around in the Ronin costume, just taking it out by murdering people he thought should have been killed. Cap leading support groups, Black Widow barely holding it together, throwing herself completely into the role of filling the vacuum that the Avengers and, you know, the Avengers being disassembled and S.H.I.E.L.D. being absent was causing. We saw little things like that, and especially we saw it through Tony Stark, the failure. I mean, that scene. I think Robert Downey Jr. was the one to drive it home the most, and he did it surrounded by the other superheroes and without any of the visuals of the boats gathering at Ellis Island or anything along those lines. Yeah, his was a more immediate like you have you have his breakdown bam immediately but the thing is and and you know and I've gone into a lot of discussions with this like in a lot of my nerdy groups and fan groups and it's actually really interesting and you actually do see a lot of the repercussions in each each avenger because you see a representation of depression in each one of them and there's a lot of psychology that you can pick up on if you look for Cap, yeah, he's in a lot of group sessions. He tries his best to help others move on, but he doesn't move on. He hasn't moved on, and that's clear in his discussion with Natasha. Natasha obviously has not because she keeps on working hard and she becomes a workaholic. And she's trying hardest to make things better because that's all she has. That's all she can hold on to. Otherwise, the existential dread will take over. You know, obviously, Hawkeye has lost his mind and rightly so you'd lost everything that's how he deals with things and honestly i would love to see more of that which we know i'm a absolute hawkeye fangirl but i mean ronin is a awesome character anyway and i would have loved to see more of that and akihiko should have been a freaking cyborg like he is in the comics uh, <laughs> that would have been that awesome been, yeah just for just for people I know there's I know there's a few people out there that aren't familiar with every single detail of every background <laughs> character that appeared. She was referring to the Japanese crime boss yeah. that he kills right before Black Widow and he has the conversation in Tokyo. Yes. In in so, the comics, Akihiko uh is the head of a whole bunch of cyborg ninjas and it's awesome. <laughs> you said that he, he goes insane. I don't as much get the impression well, that that he goes he, insane as it is that he's always thought I am one bad day away from oh, killing yeah. everybody on this private little list I've made. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, and, and I say insane loosely, he branches off in a more physical way than any of the others. I'd say, because while everybody else is trying to be more active for the greater good, he sees it as nobody else is doing the dirty work. So I guess I'm going to have to do the dirty work. Yeah, there was a lot of people left that he thought should not have been left. Exactly. So he took up that mantle. Hulk, obviously, we saw, felt that both of his sides couldn't cut it. So he combined them to see what it would do. That's a way of dealing with depression is try and change yourself into something that you didn't expect to see what it would do. And obviously, we see what it, I mean, Tony, Tony actually did move on, but did he? He didn't. He still kept on trying and trying to figure out ways to fix things because he is an obsessive compulsive. He constantly has to keep working and trying to fix the things that he messed up. Well, before we get to the big one, let's yeah. I'm going to toss it right <laughs> over to Albert. 
All right, Albert, we got your take on them skipping ahead five years and the Hulk situation. How did you feel about Thor? Yes, let's hear it, Albert. (laughs) I thought it's so odd. Thor had one great scene in this movie, and that's when he talked to his mom. Yeah, I cried, actually. Beyond the Tony stuff, the Thor the Thor with his mom scene was the best thing in the movie to me. But my issue is that we go from Avengers Infinity War, which has, even if you count comics and cartoons and anything else, one of the best representations of Thor that I think they've ever done. And then we go to this one where it's just, who cares? He's He's a joke. I didn't think he was as much of a joke. I thought he was. They played him off outside of the scene with his mom. They played him up as a massive, massive joke. Well, I know there was a lot of cracks about his weight and this and that, but especially from Don Cheadle, his roadie, his <laughs> war machine. I mean, the outtakes, the outtakes are terrible. Yeah. I don't mean to laugh on it, but oh my God, his delivery is just so deadpan. You can't help but laugh. It's just. Yeah. I felt really bad for Thor in a lot of ways. I thought he was more the, once we get over the initial visual gag of fat Thor, this is, this is really quite sad. Yeah. But they want you to be, the only time they want you to feel any type of real emotion was, was when he was with his mom outside of that. It was always just to make it, it was just, he was just a joke the whole time because they had to have a character that had to be the butt of the joke because they, they cannot make these movies without it. Like they like it's some sickness in their head. Well, that was uh, the, and it's him was, in this one. That was the turning point scene was him with his mother. When he, you know, started to leave and he held out his hand and the hammer came to him and he was still yeah. worthy yeah. and he learned he could be his self in it. There wasn't many scenes played for laughs with Thor after that, up yeah. until the very end with Star-Lord, of course. I, I And I kind of credit them because when he called down the lightning there at the end, when they started to confront Thanos, I thought, oh, and here goes the fat suit. It'll be Chris Hemsworth's body again. But, but they no. didn't. Yeah, they, they showed that there's still ramifications from this. Yeah. I, I thought they maybe hit him one too many times with a joke about, you know, Lebowski and yeah. Well, I mean, Lebowski, I mean, that was like right on. Uh, some of the other ones could have been harsh. This was actually a really, really important representation. I've never been shy in admitting about my clinical depression because no one should have to hide about that. And the thing is about clinical depression and dealing with it is that there's a lot of disassociation yeah and he had so much disassociation the whole there's not a problem i killed thanos that it was me you know i don't have a problem i'm not depressed everything's fine i did it there was a lot of that at the beginning but you see it in chris hemsworth's eyes he's a mess a lot of people with depression they let themselves go there's a lot of self-care that goes you don't take care of yourself you eat bad you don't you just wait for the just you just just wait for the end yeah, you just wait for the beer shipments to come into exactly. New Asgard. Yeah, exactly. He did a wonderful job, but most of it was done with his eyes. Exactly. And from from Rhodey, when Rhodey would insult him, I think there was a little more edge there too than just funny because Rhodey seemed 
pretty disgusted. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't playing them for laughs when he said stuff like that. And if you think about it, Rhodey's dealt with Tony before when Tony was self-destructive, just a complete mess. He's seen Tony at his worst. Someone who could recognize that Rhodey is someone who had been in the military for so long. Well, it's a lot of tough love in that. That's why a lot of the whole I'm still worthy is so important because you see him trying to redeem himself after that, trying to see that, yeah, my life sucked a lot of stuff stuff happened a lot of bad stuff happened but maybe i can get better with this i can i can move above this and well, it's it's important to see like albert said the the scene between thor and frigga his mother yes that was i mean that was really really touching and all and there's something to be said for that well my mom still loves me yeah. and then the hammer comes to him and all i i did not think it was being played for gags if i but I it did. is though because you laughed well, yeah, I did. Everyone like laughed in the theater. I was there. Yeah. Everyone well, except me because I knew what they were doing. But also, I started to say this. My problem, if I have a problem with any of the way that Thor was portrayed in this, is he was portrayed a little too humanly for a god. Mm. And but that's, I kind of, that's the, but he's supposed to be that way, though. That's the reason Odin threw him down the earth and said, earn your hammer. Was that yeah, he could understand he could understand humanity, and that was all explained in the first movie. Yeah, and I've got that. But his arrogance is what got him tossed to Earth. I just thought there was a few moments there that hesitation, where Rocket slapped him. Yeah, and that and you see, I didn't think that was funny. I mean, I don't think it was well, a bad scene. I think a lot of people they find Rocket funny and they think that he What's does talk for laughs. But I mean. Yeah. Rocket's a jerk, like like downright well, jerk, that, and that's just Rocket. That's been Rocket in the comics. That's that's how Rocket is. He is a jerk, but I don't think every motivation he has is to the end of being a jerk. Oh he didn't uh, no, slap, yeah, you know, he didn't slap Thor to be a, a jackass about it. He slapped Thor to bring Thor to his senses. Yeah, they have a job. They have a very important job to do, and yeah. more is on the line here than just this. You look back at Infinity Wars and that scene where Rocket mumbles to himself, time to be the captain. And he goes back there and he has that heart to heart with Thor. I think that scene was rival, not the equivalent of, but was rival to the scene with Thor and his mother in this. Yeah. Where Thor's coming to terms with this massive level of failure on his part. Yeah, and you see a lot of what Rocket is inside when he's talking to Yondu in Guardians 2. Yeah. About how Rocket really is. But I mean, a lot of Rocket is like he he's very harsh on the outside. And, and that's what his his immediate go to is. And so that's why a lot of his jokes and a lot of the joking. And that's where a lot of the bad jokes, like the harsh jokes come from, is like from Rocket and from Rhodey. So, yeah, the straightforward stuff. Well, also because the, the other end of Rhodey's joke that, you know, how's it going, regular size man? Well, that was yeah. point blank because Scott amped up, turned into giant man in Civil War and grabbed him and threw him. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so that was that was just a little, little bit of verbal payback there. Yeah, so, someone's got, someone got his pride a little hurt there. Albert, how'd you feel about Carol Danvers? How did you feel about Captain Marvel? Well... You there? Her her movie was bad. And it seems to me that the plan was only was only to do the end scene stuff with her where she flies through the ship. And the stuff at the front of the movie seems like they just 
Now, there's no way they did this in between the two movies. They could, couldn't do it. But at some point in time, real late in the production of that movie, or even after they'd filmed it, and maybe went back and just did normal reshoots, she was never meant supposed to be in the in the front of that movie. Actually, those were her first scenes. They filmed even before they filmed her first her movie. It's in the commentaries. Huh. I don't know. I think they're lying in the commentaries. Those scenes are really forced and really out of place. Well, there's there's well, more than that. They did release the screenshots long before her movie came out. That yeah. the scene with her standing looking at Hemsworth. I mean, her movie yeah. only took like five days to shoot. That scene didn't they take much. They just shot some stuff at, a, at an empty Air Force base and then, then shot a blue box and <laughs> stuck some computer crap around it and called it a day. Grab Warren Beatty's old girlfriend, slapped her. Is that what you're saying? Now? <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, that Marvel. Ooh, buddy, that Marvel stuff, buddy, that pissed me off. Didn't it didn't mean as much? Now I'm going to say that just straight up, I don't think Captain Marvel is anywhere near the best of the Marvel movies. I think it's better than say Thor: The Dark World. Which is I don't, still equally important, though. It's it, it's just as important so far as the myth, mythology goes that yeah. you're setting up here. My main problem with the Captain Marvel movie was at no time was I watching Carol Danvers, who I grew up with since I was 13 years old. In Endgame, she did finally, to me, show up as Carol Danvers yeah. in those in those last scenes, and most. When she Most had that horrible, horrible haircut. Well, look, Carol Danvers had some god awful haircuts in her in her almost fifty years of comic book life. <laughs> so I I do not begrudge any hairstyle they went with on her concerning Captain Marvel in Endgame when she took the gauntlet from Peter Parker when Peter Parker was laying there curled up with the gauntlet and said hi I'm Peter Parker and she said yeah. hi Peter Parker you got something for me. That was straight up Carol Danvers out of the comic book. That casual, the earth's exploding around me, but yeah. we'll figure this out. There's still time for me to be myself here. I can tell. Peter Parker's a teenager. She needs to keep her hands off of him. <laughs> I, I really don't think they're going to be dating in this one. What is yeah, she, I... like 50 in these movies now or something? <laughs> Uh, she ages differently. Wasn't like because. 1996, like 80 years ago at this point. <laughs> Don't she's say aging. that. It'll make me feel old. She, she's aging well, okay? For similar reasons, like Thor, the energy from the cosmic cube is... I mean, helping. I don't know. She's kind of aging a bit like me because people will keep on telling me I look like I'm 19. I'm like, no, leave me alone about it. <laughs> See, she's aging like Allie is. <laughs> Heard her stupid origin for her powers. They had to do something else because we couldn't have Marvel. They, in... they could have done better than a jet engine blowing up. <laughs> it wasn't just a jet engine. It was the it was the, the warp core. Yeah, which was a jet engine, and it was from the powers of the cosmic cube. And it was a jet engine. The tesseract. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Look, I I did get a bit of a tingle though, and the guns that were raining down on the battlefield stopped yeah. and turned around they said what are they aiming at and i thought yeah. oh, i know what they're aiming at oh, so, <laughs> josh lost it i did enjoy that and yeah. i've heard a couple of people say things like well that should have been thor that took down the ship thor had his hands full with thanos yeah he's kind of getting you know yeah the major the major concentration of captain america and thor at that moment was on thanos and iron man to a degree yeah 
Well, I mean, I just love the fact that the reason why he was shooting down was because of Scarlet Witch. Well, that's the that's the whole thing. You say everybody talks about Captain Marvel's role in the movie. Forget Captain Marvel. Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Mm, Olsen has yep. the Scarlet Witch. This this was really well done. When she raises the earth around her, slams Thanos, and starts ripping off his armor and crushing well, if you it. you think about it, it, it hasn't been five years for her. It's fresh in her mind. Oh, yeah. No, she just walked I mean, away from the death of the vision. Yep, yeah. Yep. So, and, I mean, yep. She ready to rip arms off. Well, did it, did it surprise either of you that the vision did not return in this? I mean, I'm fairly certain we'll be getting him in the Disney Plus Wanda Vision well, TV yeah, series. Yeah, I was, I was yeah, about to ask about it. Though, cause I could never remember him him showing up at the end of it. No. Nah. Yeah, I, mean, I was kind of surprised. I kind of thought that they would have at least brought him back for like a little flash of it. But because I had known uh, they had released the whole thing about from the investors meetings back at d23 i think last year that the scarlet witch the scarlet vision wandavision i know it's wandavision now but it was called scarlet witch in the uh, vision and the scarlet witch at that point in time yeah. was the rumored name that they were talking about that coming out yeah that we kind of had an idea that maybe he was not going to show up or that maybe he wasn't fixed quite yet so we didn't know exactly what was going to go on with him. Well, so do you suppose at the end of Infinity Gauntlet, uh, I'm sorry, I keep calling it Infinity Gauntlet. Do you suppose at the end of Infinity Wars that the Wakandans just kind of boxed him up and said, we'll keep him here? Or do you think Cap took him back to Avengers headquarters? Or Well, it's like I have to look back on, I can't remember if it was Captain Marvel or like if it was the stinger during Captain Marvel or if it was, at, at, yeah, it was the stinger. I think at, during Captain Marvel was in the background. I think you see the schematics or something like that. Holographic schematics of the vision. Okay. But yeah, I think I remember us seeing that because we saw Captain Marvel twice in the theater. And I think that was one of the things that we did note, that the schematics are in the background. How many times did you see Captain Marvel, Albert? Once. <laughs> <laughs> Just once, Albert? <laughs> in 10 years from now, I doubt that answer is going to change. <laughs> I didn't think it was all bad. It was entertaining. It added mythology. I was I no. Was see, you act like it to me. It just, if anything, it hurt. It hurt the mythology. Why do you think we it got us? We it. got a we got a stupid origin for the Avengers name, and we got a dumb vo origin for uh, Fury's eye. I didn't like the origin for Fury's eye. I didn't like the cat thing for Fury's eye. I mean, that movie was just dumb. Like the fact that they named named her Goose. Yeah. Well, hey, it, it did serve as a lot of setup for other movies in there more so than the no, um, it, what did it set up for though there are so many anything. little easter eggs in it i mean like on and that's the all thing these, all these movies have like a billion easter eggs in them and the thing is though that's the big thing that i like to try and, and stress to people is that whether it's a good movie or not or, or what people think they think it's a good movie or not in the marvel cinematic universe there are so many little things that you pick up on 
that are really, really important to later movies. The whole Thor The Dark World thing. Some of those things that you really wouldn't have picked up on unless you watch Thor all The Dark World together. all over again. Like, we watched all of them so many times all over again leading up to this. And we picked up on so many things and have so many different theories. And some of them have so far proven correct. So now it's just waiting on seeing if other ones are. I don't know how they would have been able to do the standard Marvel Cree warrior story and slide Carol Danvers into that role. I, yeah. I don't see a Marvel mm -hmm. playing the role that, or, or a male Marvel doing any better with the role that Annette Benning had in this. Well, then, then why even use the names then outside of just wanting to sabotage the name? Well, to give the name Marvel, Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah. She took Marvel's name afterward, so she's Captain Marvel, hence the movie name. Yeah. I mean, they, they could have done way better than with that. The important <laughs> thing here was to make sure that DC's Shazam could not use the name Captain Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Just in the same way that... Which, which was a better than, which is a far more superior movie than Captain Marvel. Ooh, Allie, what's your call on that? Have you I seen actually Shazam? haven't seen Shazam yet. I've been wanting to, but I haven't seen it yet. We didn't get a chance to. Oh, okay. All right. I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to And go I ahead. love Zachary Levy too, so it's like I've been waiting to. So far as toe to toe is concerned, yeah, I like Shazam better than I liked Marvel's Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. But Shazam can be played with more. I liked all of them better than Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm on Ali's side in that one. And I'll outright say because I mean it's I mean it's Jason Momoa. How can you how can any girl look at Jason Momoa and think if hey Aquaman was... is a fine movie. Yeah. Oh, please. Okay, in the same way that it's the same way Captain you're saying Captain Marvel wasn't, you know, Captain Marvel, I'll say that Aquaman wasn't Aquaman. Had it been called yeah. Jason Momoa and his fishy friends, yeah, I would have sure. given it another star. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll buy it. Jason Momoa can somehow talk to fish. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, I did like Shazam better than I liked Captain Marvel, but I like Captain Marvel a lot better than I liked Aquaman. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, I did a quick run through three times on the end credit scene with the Avengers mm -hmm. at Captain Marvel. I do not see any schematics on Vision in there. There's oh, okay. a number of planets. There's the stuff that looks like they're trying to track Thanos. And again, this is just while we were sitting here talking about Shazam and Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't see it in there. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. There was a lot of stuff floating around the background. Yeah, there really uh, is. Albert, what's your other problems with pictures? <laughs> <laughs> time travel i actually like the use of time travel in this see I... to me it was just they wanted to have their cake and eat it and it was they do the bit at the front when they kill thanos and they're like wrong. well we can't change anything so we'll do time travel now my my issue with time travel it wasn't the getting the gems aspect of it like that i that, that i was fine with it was the like the time displaced versions of characters i don't i don't give a crap about them doing the Star Lord Gamora relationship all over again at point zero. I didn't give a crap that they were fighting a, a Thanos at a time. I mean, they done lost Thanos. This doesn't really change anything. 
there was a scene that was written, but it never it never got past like the storyboard. Then stage. it doesn't count. Then it doesn't. No, count. no, no. I'm not saying. I'm just giving you this for dramatic effect. Okay. Uh, there was a scene that was written. I don't even think it got past the storyboard phase, where apparently the 2014 Thanos, when he arrived and they dropped the bombs on the Avengers facility and all, that there was a scene where Thanos walked up to some of them and tossed 2012 Captain America's head on the ground. Oh, that's but they awful. got, yeah, they got rid of that real yeah, quick. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah, that was too cool a scene for this movie, so to get rid of it. No, come so on, can, that goes so right. So we can into make fun of Fat Thor song. I don't know. I was robbed because I I had heard rumors that it was filmed already, but that the test sequence for Quicksilver wasn't to go back to his family, but was to go back to Sokovia. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I didn't know that. I I kind of halfway expected maybe Quicksilver would show up. I but wanted him to. The time travel thing overall, I didn't have a real problem with. They made it very clear. There's a reality now. Mm. The only alternate reality that was caused by the film was when 2014 Thanos. Yeah, but left. all that is so stupid, though. There's, like they, there's, they do what all these movies do. They try to explain rules to time travel, then they break them and, and make all this other dumb stuff out of it. And I just, I don't care about any of it. Like, it's so stupid. You, you don't like Back to the Future? <laughs> yeah, well, who doesn't like that movie? What am I, a horrible I, monster? Yeah, but even both even both movies had had physicists that they they talked to physicists. I mean, Bob Gale and all of them they talked to physicists for Back to the Future, and even they referred, I think, even to the same physicists to talk about other theories. Because one is is uh, is the circle theory, and the other one is string theory. There's two different time travel theories, and then there's tube theory too, which I think is Donnie Darko, is tube theory. Yeah, Josh says yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There's <laughs> look. There's a lot of thought that went into this, and they no, set up. I, their, I really don't think there is. But there was. Otherwise, they would have just used a Back to the Future or Looper or well, one right. of the other movies like that, and and kind of pulled from that. This had a very distinct set of rules. They yeah. followed them. I I thought they handled that real well. Yes, it was also meant to get us emotional by revisiting scenes from certain films. We wouldn't have had the Thor and uh, his mother scene without the well, time yeah. travel. Like aspect. I said, the, the getting the gym aspect of it was fine. <laughs> it was the, the we're going to pull characters out of her buttholes for a fight at the end. Which was, <laughs> like, why, why, just let Thanos win. Why? Uh, but that's not a, you can't let Thanos he, win in this one. Yeah. He won in the last one. That, that's, that's, sure you can. Why, why not? You can't have two Empire Strikes Backs in a row. I mean, people would have been livid. They would have been rioting at theaters. I mean, the they already the are. I mean, with, with Iron Man, they already are. So, you know what I mean, they're going to do? People know what they're going to complain. Then they're going to go go watch the next it's movie. It's too late. Did they already that's are. That's what I do. That's what I do. I complain about these movies. I'm still going to watch the next one. <laughs> Yeah, but you you liked Far From Home. <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. See, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. We talked about this before. I especially liked the way that everybody just reappeared in the gym while a basketball game was going on. I know, right? That was brought back from the <laughs> with the trombone and everything. Bop. <laughs> I thought the time travel in this 
because they went out of their way to explain it so well. Yeah. I mean, you understand, it was clear to me. See, that's that the, the problem. They, when it comes to time travel, you cannot overly explain it. And they overly explained it. And then they was like, we're going to break our all, all the rules we just established. Like, what, what's the point of any of it? They didn't break any of the rules. You just, yeah. I just knew that the moment the ancient one turned around and opened the door to the Sanctum Sanctorum, Steve was standing there saying, here's your stone back. And that, yes, you know, he, fix that. I, the, I, you know, I think there's there's going to be repercussions to that. There there was, I thought, music during that scene towards the end was kind of ominous. And if anybody knows the history of the ancient one in the comics. Uh, and I'm sure she'd come back for as oh, many yeah. movies as they'd want her to do because she's just too perfect in that role. I know. But I think the only real opening that they left was the Loki situation. Oh. And you just know that at the end of the Loki Disney Plus series on episode eight, Loki's going to turn a corner and Cap's going to hit him in the yes. head with a hammer and pick up the stone in Loki and drag him back to Thor at the end of Avengers. Right. So they, they explained that. Now, I've heard a lot of the complaining and back and forth on Cap going back to mm. live with Peggy Carter. Did you have a problem with that, Albert? Not really. I was fine with having an end to Steve's Captain America character be that for the most part. On well, something like that, you can't be overly nitpicky about the stuff he could have stopped. Yeah. If he went back in time and knew everything, he could have done all this stuff. Yeah, you can't. Like, you can make a complaint about that, and there are complaints about that, but I, just, I think you're overstepping what you can achieve, what, what you can actually detail and do in these movies, given roughly two and a half hour run times as far as everything concerned with it. There's the finer details of it that we just can't, we're not ever going to get. It was nice poetry for Captain America's character. Also, you can put him back there. He understands he can't interfere with any of this, but there's nothing saying that he can't become a firefighter or a cop or what have you, as a normal individual, and be able to help world events and just stay in the background without putting on the cap uniform. It's kind of weird because, for me, I always think of possibilities because I'm a theorist. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you can see it as the end of Cap's story, but then immediately, once Joan started talking about how you break off one stone, you have all the multiverses fall off in tangents. There could always be another Cap. You're always dealing with, well, there's always a possibility of Cap coming back. That and me and Josh were discussing it the other day. There's, there's a possibility that Cap always could have more than one vial of pimp particles. Cap could always go back and forth. Oh, depending. Cap can get all the pimp particles he wants. Exactly. He could always get a different point in time of his life of him going back and forth in time. I think Chris Evans is going to take a break from the character of Captain he, America other than perhaps direct, a cameo. I think is what he said. Yeah. Um, is what he wanted to do. But I can see him doing cameos. To clear up the Cap and Peggy in the past situation as much as is possible, for the record, according to the writers, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely... He was always has, married. Yeah. He was... Yeah. It was always him. It was always the standard reality. It yeah. was the same reality we've been witnessing, and they hold firm to that. The Rousseau brothers were saying that in the beginning, but then after about four interviews, they've kind of been wishy-washy about it, saying, oh, well, maybe it was an alternate reality. I tend to go with the writers on this, because the writers yeah. are the one that's mapped it all out. 
Yeah. You know, the directors are great and everything does hinge on great direction in these movies. But when the final call does something like this, that's kind of oblique, I, I tend to go, I tend to prefer what the writers intended. Yeah. And according to the writers, Cap was in the same standard reality the entire time married to Peggy. Yeah. I think that's a nice way to explain it and get that heartwarming, like I said, poetic ending for Captain America. And the Rousseau brothers have said, oh, yeah, you know, Chris Evans isn't done. They're secret wars. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. OK, well, let's let's come to the conclusion here and talk about Tony Stark's death. Aww. What went wrong with that for you, Albert? <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. had to carry this movie so hard it killed him. I'm <laughs> <laughs> that poor man <laughs> and his tens of you know hundreds of millions of dollars he's got oh from doing this crap God. movies oh he's 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 closing in on a billion here i think he's worth about 600 million or so dude's got some goofy windmill on, on his house for no good reason <laughs> oh my God. who can afford that well, in all seriousness did, did you think this was an appropriate ending for it yes i did too i yeah. thought this was the best the best ending that they could have got out of the movie in with that character yeah. was this. Yeah. And yep. you get a lot with the use of the infinity stones there just explained without anybody having to say it. I mean, he can barely formulate words. And of course the last words he says are going to be some throwback. rebuttal throwback yeah. to Thanos, throw it in Thanos's face. He wasn't going to let that slide. And then from that point on, he didn't say a word. Yeah. He's just he's just laying there dying. And that was that was phenomenal. Yeah. I don't know how any Iron Man story ever would be able to top that. No, no. Heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, it really it really was. Peter Parker breaking up and oh my god. Don't I'm gonna cry just thinking about it now. I still cry watching it and it's like I've invested in so much time and you know, emotion and I mean I've loved the comics for so long and I've loved everything that they've done with these movies. We've gone to virtually every single opening night to see these movies and to have this this conclusion to his story. It, After just, ten years. Yeah, yep. it was fitting. And just like Cap, there was a poetry to Cap. There was definitely a poetry to this. And you've yeah. got to give Gwyneth Paltrow her, her due. I know you can say what you will about Gwyneth Paltrow, but that <laughs> scene where she's looking him in the eyes as he's dying, look at me, look at me. Yeah. And the delivery, and she holds back the tears until she sees he's gone, and then the tears come. Yeah. She knocked that out of the park. Yeah. She really did. Tom Holland. Yeah, we know he can do... Uh, we, we knew what was coming from him. Yeah. Did either of you bother to see the extended scene they did? Yep. Where when he died, Hawkeye kneeled and then the yes. rest of the heroes kneeled? Yeah, I saw... I didn't watch the extended version of this movie, but I did see that clip and I thought that was a really good, really good yeah. scene. And How I do love you, the fact that it was Hawkeye who started it. Why do you suppose they cut that? I think The only thing honestly, I can think of is that you don't really need that that in that scene to to do anything extra with that i think the gravity of of it was enough it might have taken away from the paltrow downy dynamic yeah, yeah, yeah. to me it yeah. doesn't really add anything and mm -hmm. because the funeral scene still sort of does that anyway where, which, yeah it which, does which everyone being there lakeside or whatever those two scenes do the same thing yeah 
Yeah, you're exactly right. That's a good point. That's, that's a very good point. <laughs> I was seeing the other uh, today, actually, kind of browsing on the internet, like some people posting the pictures uh, of from the first Avengers with Loki saying, in the end, you will always kneel. <laughs> and yeah. then the guy saying, you know, not to men like you. But then they show to Tony Stark is like it's 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 really interesting the parallels. There's a lot of parallels. Even with what is what is the content of the streaming and the Blu-ray? It's over seven hours. You're, yeah. You, you can't even begin to touch, and they don't try to touch yeah. and go into all the little details, the minutia, the callbacks, the the and trust story. me, people on the internet do it. Like oh, they, Lord, they'll yeah. do it enough for you. Okay, we're sitting here talking about it. It's been it's been just over an hour, and we're both uh, all three of us are sitting here talking about this movie. There's God knows how many YouTube videos out there and podcasts out there yep. that handle it. I know Empire Online's podcast, brilliant podcast. Empire Online's podcast had like three separate podcasts dealing with Endgame that totaled somewhere in the area of about eight or uh, nine hours worth of material over three podcasts. Yeah, but there's only one of me. That's right. There is only one of you, Albert. (laughs) God, could you imagine doing a podcast where you're talking about this movie for like nine hours? Well, it wasn't them. That's, uh, that'd be unbearable. Like, how much are you? They'd have you'd have to pay me money to do that. Well, it is Empire Online, so the first yeah. uh, three hours was them interviewing the Rousseau brothers and then the writers, and yeah. then the second three hours were their non-spoiler podcast, and then they did like three hours on the spoiler podcast mm. after the movie came out. It was done in separate se- sessions. Does that make you feel better? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of actually easy because I know when yes. we when we do our assembles, when we have a whole bunch of us, we can talk for three hours. I can talk yeah. on this stuff forever. It, it it's right. just there's always so much more to say, especially about something you enjoy. I mean, I can go on about Star Wars ad nauseum. I can go right. on about this ad nauseum. Yeah, just on and on and on again. All right, let's close with a little speculation here. I got another email from Jason who asks Jason G. He said, thank you for the answer, which we provided him with in a previous podcast. He said, but I should have been more specific. He pointed out that San Diego Con had laid out plans for all characters except for Hulk, Ant-Man, and the Wasp, and War Machine. And do we think that they will be turning up anytime soon, anywhere soon? I'd say that it is a possibility of a cameo for Rhodey in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, possibly. That's just a guess of mine, just because of the association of Sam and Bucky. Ant-Man and the Wasp, that that one I think is up in the air. Well, um, they're coming back. We know they're coming back. Oh, Paul yeah, Rudd has no. said as much, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a question as to when. I think a lot of stuff is kind of... It, it's... Huh. 2021 would be my guess on yeah. Ant-Man and Wasp. So. Yeah. We'll know more for sure after Doctor Strange. Albert? Yeah. As far as those characters go, yeah. that's. I mean, they're, they're those actors aren't going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, the... The layout they have right now is very specific, I think. Extremely specific. Yeah, I, the only one that I haven't heard much of is Hulk, and it does seem like Rufino thinks he's... Uh, did I say that right, Rufino? Ruffalo. Ruffalo. I said Rufino. Oh, my God. I said he's a customer. You don't have to email me to let me know I said your name, Mike. I know I did. 
Ruffalo. Uh, I have heard Ruffalo say that he was done with the part for a while at least. And mm-hmm. I don't really know where they would bring him back into. I know the Rousseau brothers said that, no, that's permanent damage to the Hulk's arm. Yeah, I've heard that too. Six of one, half dozen the other on Hulk. Definitely on Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah. I would imagine 2021, we'll hear news or they'll go into production on that. As for Rhodey, uh, when Denise and I were watching Endgame the other night, uh, for the God knows how many times, <laughs> we would love to see eight episodes of Don Cheadle has Rhodey. I know, right? Oh, he shined in in Endgame, I think. That is some of his best work, to be honest. He shines in anything he's in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I think that's part of the appeal when we don't get enough of him. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'd love to see eight hours of that. How about you, Albert? I don't know. I sort of like him as a supporting character. Well, yeah, but eight, eight full hours. Obi-Wan was a supporting character, too, but I understand we're going to get eight full hours. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think we're just Obi-Wan waiting on Obi-Wan was that not one. supporting. Obi-Wan was one of the main characters of the prequels. Uh, Obi-Wan wasn't as important as R2-D2. <laughs> no, I guess not. And, <laughs> that trash and they're, they're, e- trash they're equally important in the new, tr- in the new movies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Don't trash R2, man. <laughs> I'm not. I love R2. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there. Okay. Okay. So we got all the Fox right stuff and got all that stuff squared away. And Disney's going to cancel all these movies and do all this other crap. Yeah. So my theory is that in the five-year gap, when Thanos snapped his fingers, it caused human evolution to jump forward. Which will bring about the mutants. And, and, and the generation of Scott and Gene and all them, their generation... That's where they come from. Hmm. Now you're always gonna ha- now you're gonna have mutants before that, but even in the comic books, you just have over the course of you know hundreds of years, you just have a small amount of mutants, and then the the generation that Scott and Gene are part of, and then every generation after that, those numbers greatly increase. Okay, and that's so that's my view. When Thanos snapped his fingers, human human evolution jumped forward really really fast, and that's where the mutants come from. All right, yeah, I know what you were saying about you thought we were going to we're going to do another one that is nothing but Marvel cinematic speculation we'll bring Allie back for that one and just Mm -hmm. do where we go from there in about two weeks okay that'll work but that's that's interesting my my only hang up with your theory and i'll say this and then we'll just move right along is wolverine wolverine has got to be over 100 years old well like i said you had mutants before you had professor x is older than them magneto you don't count sinister uh Oh, I don't oh, even want to think Wolverine about Sinister. Sinister his... technically isn't actually a mutant anyway, even no, in the no, comics. Uh, he's no, a mutate. No, uh, Apocalypse did that to him. Yeah. Yeah. Because even so, Apocalypse uh, is like it. you still had out you had outliers here and there where, yeah. where care where you know just little things, but it wasn't the but it wasn't until the the Scott and Gene generation where you the boost the boost the larger amount of them. Mm. Okay, well I'll be interested in hearing more on that when we do the extended one. <laughs> but all right, now in in thoughts on Endgame, last thoughts on Endgame, Albert. I, I really don't think it's a good movie, but I do think Robert Downey Jr. did a fantastic job in that movie. Oscar worthy? Oh, Lord, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I I don't think him or I don't think him or he could have done a better job. And I don't think anyone that could have played that role in the past could have done even remotely close to what he did. Mm. Fair enough. No, he was perfect. All right. My thoughts on it are this. I was completely satisfied with it. 
I I feel it was the entire thing was a suitable ending. Yeah. I cat picking up the hammer. We didn't even touch that, but cat picking up the hammer. Oh God, we I, screamed. I waited, you know, I waited nine years for that moment. I know, right? Yeah, it just, it was a wonderful bookend to this chapter, to this section of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's been a wonderful 10 years overall, and I can't wait to see. I don't know how they're going to top it, but when they announced Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Magnus, I was like, you've, yep. you've got a plan. And Shang-Chi yep. with the Ten Rings, yep. I thought, my God. So, you know, I'm just as excited about that. Well, Allie, we, knew Mandarin, my- we knew Mandarin was probably going to come back, like, about maybe a year ago. We had started to get some speculation about that, me and Josh. And then they had announced, you've been excited. Well, okay, we've talked about it for years. Okay. You know, he's, well, yeah, he's, and- he's, he's, he's yelling at me. Don't undersell me on that one. <laughs> But yeah, uh, no, I mean, we've talked about it for a while. We knew that he was still out there. They've got to bring him back. They've got to bring him back. Well, we didn't know that, how. Like, all that Mandarin Ten Ring stuff was handled so poorly in Iron Man 3 that they, they need the... I don't know. I, like, I don't fall. I don't fall them from going back and trying to do something better with that. I thought I, it was a great bait and switch, to be honest. Yeah, I can buy it as a bait and switch as well. I don't I know. Like that dude was blowing like fire out of his mouth, and Pepper Potts was jumping around like Spider Man. It was feeling pretty. It was, I don't know about none of that. <laughs> For some reason, that that all visually appealed to me. I I was I really did like Iron Man three. I didn't think it was a bad movie. I liked at all. Iron Man three too. I didn't. <laughs> no, I know you didn't. I know a lot of people didn't. I just you know. I think uh, it's so- very. I think it's a very underestimated movie, to be honest. But no, I thought there is so many great comic callbacks to this movie. Like, I mean, even even the Mark eighty five is like a combo of extreme bleeding edge and golden age iron man's armor it's a it's such a combo it's fantastic it's like you get little moments that just makes you so giddy and i just thought as a comic book fan who's been read i've been reading comics since i was nine i was just like squealing each each second i i was like a kid again yeah it was really it was payoff yeah yeah i mean it was everything that i was I was waiting for for this whole entire time. It's um, nice to like things. It's yeah. nice to enjoy things. Exactly. So you take your joy where you can, and these movies have more than brought it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I thought it was a great ending. I hated the fact that it had to end like that, but it was the only ending that you could really have. I think for Tony, you look to the future. You know, you have to, you have Peter. You look to where things are starting to head and and now that they have you know the layout for me uh, now it's like i looked at the layout and i'm all like oh they're definitely planning something and everything's very specific right now like i've been (laughs) thinking about things and then with far from home they're setting things up with that too so it's like oh yes (laughs) okay where are we going now it's very Uh, exciting as an ending but also as a beginning too i'm in full agreement with you there all right Allie. so you're going to come back with us in a couple of weeks and do speculation on marvel cinematic oh heck yeah all right excellent you got anything you want to plug or go ahead and tell everybody about the scavengers again oh, well scavengers uh the sixth scale scavengers uh it is a youtube channel it's also a collector's group on facebook we collect and discuss six scale action figures i'm about to start my own youtube channel soon and i'm about to get my website to go live for uh doing my artwork excellent All right. Albert, anything you want to plug? (laughs) No, I'm good. (laughs) 
You you sure? I think you've got a podcast out there that you need to plug. <laughs> I'll let you do that. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you greatly listening. We appreciate Ali Marceau for joining us on our Avengers Endgame review and spoilerific podcast. I don't know if I can say spoilerific. I'm just going to say spoiler-filled podcast. And if you've got any questions for us, send your email to KingdomCasts. That's Kingdom, C-A-S-T-S, at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook as Kingdom Comics. And you can also send email to kingdomcomics at gmail.com as well. We've got a couple of other special podcasts along with our regular weekly comic book review and spoiler podcast coming up. Uh, should be out on Thursday. Guys, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Right. It's fun. Right. Talk to y'all soon. All right. Good evening, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.